Beyond the Fence Line, a podcast brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust. Created by landowners for landowners, we're proud to play a role in conserving the Texas legacy of wide open spaces. Hello, and thanks for joining us here uh, for Beyond the Fence Line podcast. I'm Chad Ellis, the CEO of Texas Agricultural Land Trust. You know, as we spend time, you know, with family and friends this holiday season, I'm really excited, super, super excited to to get to sit down and visit with a close friend of Talts, uh, Mr. Wyman uh, Menzer. Uh, among many other accolades, uh, you know, Wyman is the official state photographer of Texas. And it's such a pleasure to visit with someone who has a great talent of chasing the light, you know, and we'll talk a little more with that with Wyman, but has this this ability and skill to capture what we love about Texas and what we're trying to conserve through our work here at TALT. And uh, you've seen his Wyman's work at TALT's websites. Uh, you've seen them in regional and national magazines. And Wyman captures the beautiful landscapes across Texas and highlights the wildlife habitat, the ranching heritage that is precious to all of us. And Wyman, thanks uh, for joining us, uh, sir. Yes, it's my pleasure. My pleasure to be here. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, you also uh, give that better half of Celinda a hug for me when she gets back home. <laughs> I certainly will. <laughs> you can't get back quick enough. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, now, if the ones that you have the, have the opportunity to meet Celinda, she's just a uh, such a uh, caring, loving, uh, just a great, great lady, and and uh, sure. she, she's she's awesome. And she keeps uh, me going. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm sure she's, you know, cracking the whip and around this holiday season. And uh, so, you ready for the holidays? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm always ready for Christmas. Um, it's uh, it's a time of course being around family and such but also at the time of reminiscing i like yeah. to get with my brother talk about the days back when we were kids out on the ranch where we grew up and and it was such such great memories uh that that we uh revisit and uh, we just have a lot of i don't know you know just have a lot of fun thinking about about uh the the process of of uh being raised in a very very rural setting uh out on a ranch where we got to hunt and and uh, just uh, be a part of the land as uh, so many kids should be today. I wish they could uh, have a life like we did. No, we've been very blessed for sure. And, you know, and I think you make a good point, Wyman. I mean, I think a lot of people we get, man, so, so, so busy and, and we just don't sit back and reflect and, and think of the blessings and think of the, the things we, you know, we've we've experienced, right? And how do we share those experiences with the next I generation? Agree. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just becoming more, more of a rarity uh, because I know when I was a child, um, we would uh, go down where my grandfather and grandmother on my mom's side uh, lived down on the Brazos River and just some of the greatest times. They, This was back in the late 50s, early 60s. And, you know, everybody sat around a wood stove and the old tires would spit snuff in the on the coals and sit around and talk and and we would run in the house every once in a while to warm our hands and then we'd 
reach over and knock on my uncle's wooden leg that was blown off during World War II <laughs> when he was with Japanese over in the Pacific. And we just, just wonderful memories from old times. It's uh, love to revisit them. Yeah, that's, that's fun. That's fun. You know, one, one thing, you know, and I think is, uh, you know, I think one of the things, right, is that, that I enjoy for sure, you know, around Christmas is, is, you know, the giving, right. And, and giving things that I think yeah. mean a lot to us. And, and some of it, you know, maybe some of it is those stories, you know, Wyman, as you said, but uh, one thing that I want to really highlight up here on front, you know, especially is, uh, You've, you've put a, a lifelong uh, experiences in a new book that just came out, The Art of Predator Calling. And yeah. uh, what, a, what a great gift. And, and I, got my, I got my orders in to Celinda. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, we, we got up to about uh, sent out as of yesterday about 1,300 books in the last two weeks. Oh, my. How's your hand? I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm ready for a little rest, but I don't mind. I can give me a day and I'm ready to roll again. Well, can you maybe tell us or share a little bit about how this book came about and, and everything? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the idea was, was uh, birthed uh, back in 1969 when I was a freshman at Texas Tech studying wildlife uh, biology or wildlife management, I think it was called back then. And uh, I thought, well, you know, uh, I first started calling coyotes when I was 14 in 1965. And so by 69, I thought, well, you know, I know enough about calling. I need to write a book. So I wrote about 10 handwritten pages, and, and it suddenly dawned on me, you know, I just don't have enough experience at this to write a book. So 53 years later, <laughs> and uh, with journals, I started, actually, you know, I took my first note on calling the day I called up my first coyote on October 17th, 1965. I still have those notes. 2.15 in the afternoon, uh, rainy weather, uh, looking into the north and called up two coyotes. And it was just, just a little boy writing, writing on, a, on a piece of cardboard, but I still had it. And, uh, and then, of course, after I was in tech for a while, I started learning about, you know, more... Um, more complete note taking, you know, more scientific documentation, and start. And so I started really documenting all of my my results. And then as the years passed, I became more precise with it. And so I thought, you know, I need to use these notes in a positive way because this is some of this is scientific material. I mean, um, right. when I was uh, a, uh, actually a sophomore tech, I got a grant under uh, Dr. Daryl Eckert and Dr. Jaron Flinders to study the um, food habits of coyotes on the rolling plains of Texas. And so um, all these all these notes, you know, it's uh, it has a scientific basis to them. In fact, that particular study was, uh, was published in the Journal of Range Management, uh, January of 1975. And some of those notes, the uh, actual results are in this book. And so, um, um, of course, Back in the early days, all I did was hunting. But in the last few years, I've really concentrated on photographing because I, I you know, know from experience that people are very visual. Uh, you yeah. can write, 
you know, a, a book, you know, I don't care how large it is, could be the size of an encyclopedia, but if it doesn't have images, it's not going to not gonna go because people are so visual. Right. And so I finally decided that it was time to, to share all this great imagery and knowledge. And it's not about, the book is, uh, is a sort of a hybrid. It's a visit uh, from a scientific angle, uh, uh natural history it's a it's a book that someone in a easy chair who can't go out they can read and enjoy the the uh the images the visual uh the the photographic uh, images that are there because there's lots i think 100 and, 120 images action shots and static shots and each um um each caption uh this defines what's going on this is a exactly how it's done it's not about how to kill but it's how to call and observe animals you can photograph if you want to you can use it as a hunting aid and also it can be a, a uh, sort of a resource for uh, for uh, learning something about the natural history of the coyote and bobcats and fox no that, it sounds i mean it sounds amazing i mean it's everything wyman right it's the photographer, yeah. the scientist, the the caller, trapper, hunter, marksman, pioneer. I mean, it's everything in one. It's it's all encompassing, and what's interesting is it's timeless. Uh, the earliest documentation of calling that I found in my research occurred in 1854 by Randolph Marcy when they were when they were. Um, uh, looking for the headwaters of the Red River. And mm -hmm. his Delaware Indian guide was using a reeded instrument, quote, to attract antelope within rifle range. And in the process, they called it a lion, a mountain lion, and it almost overran them before they shot it. And as he put it, it is, it is a dangerous instrument to use in wild country. <laughs> and that quote is in this book in the very, very early pages of this uh, stages of this book and so each chapter is actually from journal uh, entries of mine throughout the last 50 or more years wow and That's then it big. expands yes yeah well uh you know we're uh less le well less than little over two weeks away from Christmas, so I hope folks get get their chance and uh, oh, get their yeah. order in in time. If they want to, they can go to wymanmenzer.com and then click on the official store, uh, and they can order from that. And um, and we will wrap them up. I'll sign them. I'll personalize them. Uh, they just need to indicate to whom they need to be personalized, and we'll get them off and get them sent in. That's great. Well, hopefully... I encourage everybody. I mean, it's, it's just I, I'm excited. I, like I said, I, I got my orders in to Celinda, and and I, and I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Great. You know, I hope you like it. Oh, I, I will. I know I will. Um, you know, I think over the years, why, man? I mean, what what have you what have you found that has uh, inspired your work the most? Well, you know. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, I started photographing when I was just a kid and, and I don't know, it was just documenting, documenting happenings, documenting, uh, natural history, uh, um, 
you know, aspects of, of creatures. But in the early years, the cameras weren't worth a flip, to be honest with you. And right. I kind of lost interest in it. And then once I attained or got to, uh, was loaned a camera by, by uh, Dr. Eckert to uh, document some of the data that I'd taken, I realized what a 35 millimeter in Kodachrome could do. And so um, early on, what fascinated me was the playing of light on the subject, whether mm -hmm. it's mountains, whether it's plains, cities even, and people, the way that the light plays on, on the faces of people. All of that was an inspiration. Because I remember before I even realized that was a, a, um, a significant element in my imagery, I had a, a New York editor tell me one time, he said, you, uh, you have a way with light. You have an eye for light. And I'm just going, wow. I never, I never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was just something that attracted me. And so, uh, in the early years, you know, I was just interested in wildlife, but I finally, after about 10 years, I expanded into an all encompassing what, uh, defines Texas, people, culture, landscape, skyscapes, weather, wildlife, and all of these things really attract me. It's just, uh, I just got to have the right kind of light and, uh, and I can go with it. I, you know, when you get, when you get so involved in something as simple as the, uh, as the, uh, uh, natural history of a dirt dauber, which two summers ago, I became fixated on dirt daubers and I spent weeks photographing those daggone things. And I mean, we see them flying around. There's the yellow and black ones. And then there's the right. iridescent blue one. Right. And I didn't realize until I got into really photographing them that the blue ones were specific to killing, or I, sh I should say, paralyzing and taking uh, to the nest for their larvae to consume black widows. Uh -huh. Yep. And the others are uh, uh, specialized just in the, the normal little spiders that you never see, the ones down in the grass, you know, and um, just minute, almost transparent little spiders. But the iridescent blue ones are specific to hunters of black widows. And uh, something as simple as that can get me really, really yeah. going with the camera. Yeah. Uh, those bring back memories to me as a kid. You know, Wyman is, you know, I lived in this old ranch house in McCullough County and, and you know, tons of rattlesnakes, tons of black widows, but we had tons of those uh dirt daubers you talk about and it makes sense right i mean obviously we had we had the food food for them right there in the barn Absolutely. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you know i i think you know it's something that i don't even think we've had this conversation before wyman is uh i have two of my children my my daughter kiona who's 17 uh and my son nathan who's 12 are both uh, photographers themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Kiona is a, a, a state ambassador for 4-H for photography. And my son right. is going through their junior master program for photography. And, oh, wonderful. Uh, and uh, you know, what, what's some advice, you know, from your years of experience and, and wisdom to, to help share with, you know, Kiona and Nathan and all other, you know, and, uh, photographers that are inspiring to uh, mm -hmm. to do that. Any any thoughts for them? Yeah, keep it real. 
keep it real. That it's very simple. Uh, whenever I started out in the seventies, um, you know, it was code of Chrome 25 and 64 mm-hmm. and you had to be right on the money. You, I mean, every image that you, that you, uh, created, it had to be thought about. It's not, it was, it wasn't just a kind of a afterthought, click, click, you know, 10 or 15. And then, you know, I probably have it and then go to the house and get on, uh, uh, yep. Photoshop, right? And you had really put some thought into every image, and and I see so much today of photographers or people who like to create images taking, not taking the time, not going out when the light is right, and and then going into Photoshop. Well, I can fix it there. I mean, I knew I knew a person one time that would would take a shot and it would be two stops underexposed. And I'd say, listen, you're underexposing everyone. Well, I can fix that later. Mm. Well, I, you know, don't do that. Right. You know, I approach, I approach every image, even though I've been shooting digital for 20 plus years, I approach every shot as if I'm shooting Kodachrome 25 or 64 or Velvia ISO 50. Yeah. It's like, this is my one and only chance. And if, you know, when you're shooting, when you're shooting uh, digital, you know, and you're especially in the raw, raw images in uh, JPEGs, it's not that big. They're pretty well finished up. But in raw images, which that's all I shoot, they're not going to be right on the money. They're going to be a little flat, not quite as sharp as they ought to be. So you have to go in and do a little bit of work. But uh, too many people overdo it. Over Eddie. Yeah, I agree. They yeah. Way over you know, yeah. overwork the image. You make them way too contrast, you know, too much definition. And uh, I can look at an image right off the bat and I go, you know what, that's been, that's been fixed too much. Mm-hmm. And just, just keep it real and, uh, and make that first shot count. There's sometimes you have to do, you know, you'll have enough time to do others, but, but when you approach a, a subject or an image, act like it's your last, your one and only chance you'll never get another ah, and great. think about it yeah yeah those are great great uh great comments and uh, i think definitely tidbits that i i'm gonna definitely share with them and uh i i you agree bet. with you yeah I, I know i know they'll be they'll be excited to hear about that you know i think other thing you know from youth right is is actually you know to me is mentors and and uh, you know, I'd love mm-hmm. to kind of maybe jump into that, right? Of who were some of those your mentors? And I'm sure, I mean, uh, Dr. Eckert, Eckert, I'm sure is one of them. But uh, what are your thoughts well, around you know, that? Or, yeah. You know, of course, uh, Dr. Eckert, you know, he was my major professor at Tech, and and he just wanted he just wanted me to to document <laughs> my data so the research would be would have more uh, more weight to it, carry more weight, and. Um, and even today, he'll just say, well, I just loaned you a camera. It's the best I could do. But <laughs> my early years, I remember vividly when I first really started studying photography on my own, there, there were two or three people who really, really resonated with me. One of them was uh, Ernest Haas. And I remember he was uh, from Germany, but he photographed also out of New York. But I remember his uh, coverage of the West. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot from the air 
and from we're talking from I think from the early sixties because I think I think now he was using Kodachrome eleven, which I can't even fathom that. And his the color <clears throat> and those images were just so exceptional. And then you got Elliot Porter, uh, who was a medium or a large format shooter who actually documented uh, the canyons of Arizona before they built the big dams uh, uh, that uh, that um, you know flooded those those uh, scenic canyons. And then during the Depression, Margaret Bork White documented. Um, uh, she was hired to document the the, uh, the uh, misery of the depression, and I was always fascinated by her work. Mm-hmm. And so all of those played a played a large part in the way I saw the land and saw light, and really appreciated uh, my my uh, my subject matter. I'm very selective with it. Yeah, uh, it's it's amazing how you you know you you find those and how those inspire you and and how it you know comes into uh what you've developed in, in the talent and sharing that talent across uh to so many people right yeah well i hope I, and hope i've been an inspiration at some level yeah no i think oh I, I mean there's no doubt you have and i would say you know if your photographs could really say something about you you know what what would they say well um just my appreciation uh that that i do appreciate um all forms of life uh the landscape i appreciate um you know it's like it's like uh if i go to a to an area that uh well okay i'm a big history buff right right and i appreciate I appreciate yesteryear. I really, you know, look into the early or the late 19th century and and the way America was. And and if I go, say, for instance, to a big ranch, um, I try to photograph aspects of that ranch that depict a time that's that's long gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hope that you know, I hope that's uh, something that people say, "Wow, you know, he he looks for that that rare aspect that no longer exists in too many places." Too many places do not have the, uh, um, you know, the uh, the elements that define the land, the land that once was. Right. And so that's that's what I I hope that uh, that my images show, and not just not just being an image, but but make people think, wow, you know, this is this is just something that I never believed possible. Mm-hmm. That could exist. Uh, that that still. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think you do capture that. And I think, you know, one of the things that you capture, right, is, you know, all the things that, uh, to your point, I I think a little bit that concerns me and and, um, I think concerns you of these challenges we see coming across Texas, right? And and, uh, Mm -hmm. specifically our rural landscapes and those those her- heritage and legacies of the ranches and uh you know what do you yeah. what do you what do you see those main challenges being well i think to me at least it's it's land fragmentation yeah. um having been raised on a on a ranch here in the rolling plains it wasn't a 
really big ranch, 27,000 acres, but it was big enough for a young boy and his brother to have a lot of fun on. And, um, and I'm, I'm really concerned about, uh, the, the, uh, frequency that land areas, family ranches, um, even the really big ranches are becoming more fragmented to where you don't have that legacy. It's their loss yep. that, uh, that we, we once had, you know, that's what Texas is all about is, uh, you know, when you think Texas, you think about big country, big landscape, big ranches, um, uh, you know, magnificent, um, legacy is something that you can really, um, you know, that's, that's historical and to see these, pieces of land, whether large or small, whether they're a hundred acres, whether they're a hundred thousand acres, some of them I've been on are 500,000 acres. Mm-hmm. The, these places being fragmented really distresses me. Yeah, no, it's a challenge, right? I mean, we're, we're losing probably closer to, you know, a thousand acres a day of those working lands and, you know, we're gaining... No. 1300 people a day and you know those yeah. that that intersection right of of those pressures uh, you know one is you know hinders that freedom to operate to our other you know fellow um landowners or ranchers and farmers across across the state and uh it's just you know there's a lot that you know a lot of us have to come together to to come up with solutions right and and to help yeah you know, yes, you, sir. you know, kind of through through the years, right? We're, we're on our 15th year anniversary here at Talt, and through those those 15 years, you spent a lot of time with the landowners that we that we work with. Um, yes. You have photographed a lot of those ranches, taking part in those conservation easements, and mm-hmm. you know, what's your what's your take on Talt's work to conserve our ranching heritage and landowners um, you have interacted with over the years? Oh, I think. I think it's just a, a fantastic effort. I mean, it's a heroic effort. I uh, I salute you for it, and the landowners. I salute them for actually, you know, caring enough about uh, about man- maintaining the legacy of their their uh, their property, and um, and you know, putting it into talk and uh, and preserving it. Um, it's just uh, I know that. You know, it's uh, you're probably not running any half a million acre places, but still, you know, there's just so many of the smaller acreages that are so important that they remain intact. Um, and you guys are doing the job, and the landowners, I salute them for for going, you know, going into it and uh, with uh, with the point in mind to to maintain the uh, the heritage and legacy of the of the ownership that they, uh, they started years ago. Yeah, no, it's special. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I'm very blessed in, in the job I have, right. Is to, to partner and, and to work and, you know, help empower those landowners. And as you said, every acre matters, right. I mean, every acre is providing, is providing right resources back to clean water and clean air and, and many things Absolutely. back to, to all Texans and, and it's very definitely yes. very special. Uh, yes, sir. You know, we've, you know, think about all those photographs and you traveling all over the state and working with those landowners in our 15th year anniversary. You know, we've put together a short video highlighting some of the work and 
you know, we're really excited here at Talk to share it with our audience. And uh, what is it about photography? Um, these priorities appeal to you. Um, in, in what way now? Just come, come again with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're going to share a lot of those clips and put in a video and share it without, you know, kind of this aspect of 15 years and highlighting a lot of your work mm -hmm. kind of through the lens of Wyman. And, uh, uh, you know, what is it about, you know, having those opportunities of photography and capturing those those snapshots oh, and those landscapes or those properties that, you know, well, really, yeah. Yeah, Chad, um, I look at each one of those properties as, um, as a different personality. Yeah. It's like each property is meeting a new person in your life. Right. And, uh, and being able to define that person, that property through the photographic image. And that that's, a lot, I find it, I find it uh, just a joyful experience uh, because uh, each time that I approach one, you know, you go, you look at it, you know, you evaluate it, and you think, okay, this is what I have to do to really, um, to really offer it to the viewership uh, in a manner that that maximizes. You know the beauty and the uh, the appreciation that the owners have for it, and that for I that I have for it as a photographer, uh, which is you know a lot of it is is from a sort of an artistic uh, angle, and I love to I love to do that. It's like each it's like a painter doing uh, doing a palette. You know they they're absolutely it's it's part of their personality that's being put out there. And in my through my photography, I'm not only not only uh, showcasing the land, I'm showcasing my own personality and my own love for that land through the photographic image. Yeah, that's so well said. Well, I mean, I've always said, right, every ranch, every farm has its own DNA, right? It's just like us it individually, does. right? They have their own soils, their own potential, their own beauty. And their own gifts that they give all of us, and uh, absolutely, and and you you take it to the other level of of providing that that uh, that photographic kind of uh, snapshot and history of that, and that's that's the beauty of it for sure. And I love doing it. I just absolutely just thoroughly love it. Yeah. Well, and, and also, I'll tell you the. You know, going back to the just the camera, the the basic elements of the photography, the drone has really, really helped uh, me on another platform. I mean, used to, of course, I'm a pilot, and I used yeah. to fly and photograph at the same time, but now a drone has totally changed my whole approach, and it gives me so many more opportunities show the land from an angle that otherwise I just couldn't do because you can stop uh you know and and isolate one spot whereas in a plane you know you're going 70 miles an hour and you <laughs> as you go by you you hope you grab yeah. it and <laughs> do so without, without stalling out and because you're flying yourself and, and with the door off and uh, I know that in the early years I've, I've been to so many places 
that I would love to go back to with a drone. You talking about knocking the socks off of somebody, man, I could really make a show, but these places were so rugged and so difficult to, uh, to achieve the images that I want. Boy, a drone would have been a godsend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, that has really really added a whole new platform and a new uh, you know ability for me to really uh, create that uh, that personality that the land uh, exudes. Yeah, it's amazing to think about it. You know, uh, well, I, I you know I can't thank you enough for for sharing your passion. Uh, with so many people and, 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 uh, I know my- speaking for everyone, we, we, we thank you, uh, for all those years and, and, uh, you bet. capturing that. It, 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 well, I appreciate made- what you guys, I, do. Yeah. I, do. I appreciate you all you guys are doing and, and give me the opportunity to see these different pieces of land. Because like I say, I say each one has its own personality and it's like meeting another person in life. Yeah. And it, it just adds to that that collection of uh, of special uh, personalities that uh, that you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can still in my in my memory, I can still pull places up that I've been to for a talk that uh, will will always be special places in my heart. Um, the just the sheer beauty and the uh, and the, uh, you know, the. I don't know. It's just, it's just really, really a great opportunity that you guys have given me to see some really, really nice places that I'll never forget. Well, we appreciate you capturing uh, those. And, you know, one of the highlights of everyone we worked with is, uh, you know, at the end is, is, is getting, you know, the photographs that, that you're able to capture. And, and those are, you know, get to share, not only are they, you know, putting those properties right in a uh, perpetual easement for for the next generations and generations to keep coming, right? But they're able to yeah. to share your talent um, with their families forever too, and it's very special to them. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's my honor. It's an honor for me to do it to be a well, part of all of it. Well, thank you again so much, uh, Wyman, and and I uh, just want to thank our our listeners for joining us as well, and and uh, look forward for everybody to catch us uh, next time on Beyond the Fence Line. Thank you. Well, thank God you bless. for having me, Jay. You bet. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a blessed one. Beyond the Fence Line is brought to you by the Texas Agricultural Land Trust, dedicated to conserving the Texas heritage of agricultural lands, wildlife habitats, and natural resources. Find out more at txaglandtrust.org.